Hello friends, this is Pastor Zek, and it's time for a little Bible reading in the New Testament, Romans chapter 8. This is one of the best chapters in the whole New Testament. So let's dig in, let's pray. Gracious God, open your word to us that we might see Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to start in verse 18, Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Paul left off yesterday talking about suffering, and he starts again with suffering. He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Pause for a moment and just remember that uh, the Creator uh, loves His creation. And uh, we can look back at Genesis and see that creation itself is under a curse. And this curse has come to be broken. That's uh, the great song, uh, Joy to the World, The Lord Has Come, and talks about Christ that are coming to break the curse. And we look forward to that with the new heavens and a new earth, with a, a blessed uh, earth to dwell in. Can't wait. Uh, we can see that that the earth struggles. Uh, creation itself, it says, um, will, is under bondage to corruption. That's why there is, of course, God allows it, but that's why there's so many natural disasters and, and things like that. Verse 23, And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Here, this word first fruits, it's... Uh, in Hebrew thinking, it was one of the festivals, and you would give your first fruits to the Lord, your, the first of your harvest. And it was a guarantee that more is to come. So we have the first fruits of the Spirit, but we know there is more to come, but we're sure of it. So we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Paul talks other places as, of adoption as being already happening. Here he, he puts it in future terms, uh, the the resurrection of our bodies to immortality. And uh, again, we, we groan for that. We know our bodies are not right. All right, verse 24. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. This is a beautiful paragraph. And I think it's helpful for us to remember that sometimes we do not know what to pray. And we can rest assured that 
the groanings in her heart are given to us by the Holy Spirit. And he takes these up and he intercedes for us. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture of the Holy Spirit praying for us, bearing our needs to the Father. And then, of course, a beautiful reminder that we have been called, uh, we have been justified, and we will be glorified, even though Paul here puts it all in past tense. It's a done deal in Paul's mind. All right, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, and we could say since God is for us, who can be against us? And the answer to that, obviously, is no one. No one can stand up to God. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Here, Paul, uh, beautiful words, right? Uh, he, He says that, you know, he pictures heaven as a courtroom. We're on trial. Who is going to bring a charge against us? Because God is the one who justifies. He's already said, um, righteous in my son. And then uh, it says as well that Christ Jesus here is the one who intercedes for us, the one who also makes an appeal on our behalf by his blood. Amazing. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Here, this this citation here that uh, is from Psalm 43, or maybe it's Psalm 44. Um, here, it's part of this crying out, this lament. Does this lament negate the fact that God still loves us? And and Paul um, quotes this saying, like, look, your your people of old. And even the people now have these troubles, these these distresses, these persecutions, and so on. Does that mean you don't love us, God? And then he answers this, verse 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, I just want you to pause a second. It doesn't say, we are conquerors over these things. That God will not give us tribulation or distress or famine or whatever. He doesn't say that, God is a God of victory now, and he won't allow these things to happen. He says, no, that even in these things, we are more than conquerors. And I think of all the martyrs, those who have confessed, I must worship one true God, and even if it means I die, and they they did die uh, for the sake of Christ. uh, I just think of them, and they were conquerors even as they were killed. Uh, And so we, in our small troubles, can be conquerors even while the troubles persist. All right, verse 38. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Dear saints, let these words sink deep into your souls that the Holy Spirit intercedes for you that that the Lord has, that God the Father has justified you, and that Jesus himself intercedes on your behalf, that the love of God 
is unstoppable, even though for a while you suffer. Let these words sink deep down into your soul. When even you cannot intercede for yourself or for others, God does. All right. Well, thanks be to God. Have a great day. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye.